Well, welcome to another welcome to another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm your host Joe Velarde, and I'm so excited as we're in ep- season three, episode two of the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm I'm here today with my my good buddy Phil Schallenberger. And Phil and I, actually, the way we met, it's kind of a crazy story. Some of you know this, but I'm actually from the Atlanta area originally. And Phil, as we're going to hear from him, is heavily involved in all things baseball. And we had a mutual friend, just this is crazy thing, that he was on a Zoom Bible study with named Mike Lynch, who I interned at his church when I was in college. And he said, hey, there's this guy that I would love to connect you with named Phil. And Phil and I connected, we, we uh, had some Billy's, Billy's Downtown Diner in Bethlehem. And just over the last couple of weeks, literally weeks, maybe a couple months now, I'm, I'm not sure I've lost track of time, but it has been just so great to get to know Phil and his family. And I'm excited for you to hear from him today. And so he's really into the baseball world. So I thought as today, Actually, as we're recording this, is home run the home run derby, uh, MLB home run derby, and actually the draft was yesterday, right? You correct me, Phil. Am I, am I on the right track here? Hey, it started yesterday. It's uh, still going today. So okay, all right, all right. So two questions as before we jump into what we're going to talk about the meat of this. Who do you think is going to win the home run derby? Who who's your go-to? Uh, it'd be awesome to see Otani win it. He's uh, okay, yeah, he's just a fun story. Like I think. Everybody's comparing him to Babe Ruth pitching and hitting um, and the fact that he's just an incredible person. Like he's, there was uh, something that showed up the other day uh, that went viral on him. He was, he got walked and he was walking to first base and there's a piece of trash on the field and he actually picked it up and put it in his back pocket on the way to first base. So <laughs> I, it's a guy you got to root for. Like he's just a, just an awesome, seems like an awesome human being. So I, I'm rooting for him. That's awesome, man. And uh, I know that the draft is going on right now. Yeah. And I'm as someone who's involved in baseball, um, I know that you may have some friends. Is there any friends you want to give a shout out to as they've been drafted so far here? Yeah, actually, just today we had uh, two players that were drafted that I coached down in Savannah, uh, Logan Workman and Kate Povich. And um, they both got drafted today, one by the Tampa Bay Rays and the other by the Minnesota Twins. So that's a that's a pretty cool experience for them. Uh, you just get to see the excitement of something they've probably dreamed about since they were kids. Um, so it's just a lot of fun seeing guys that, that you've got to work with and just be a part of their journey. I wouldn't really say I helped them get there, but I got to be a part of their journey along the way uh, this past summer in, in Savannah. So um, just two incredible players and people, and uh, it's just fun to see them succeed and uh, get an opportunity to to get seen on the highest level of baseball. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I believe you had something to do with it. I'll say that. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. Uh, I, I believe there's a lot of people that you've been walking with, pouring into, and that's part of the reason I wanted you to come on because I've gotten to know you and see your heart and what you're involved in. So before we jump into some questions about what you're doing currently, I would love for you just to tell people about yourself, about your family, even just about your journey in the baseball world as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So I've you mentioned my family, getting to know them. Uh, I actually just got my oldest to bed here about 10 minutes ago before I hopped on here. Um, so I have uh, two sons, Rhett and Ryder, a, a two and a half year old and a, and a nine month old, um, and a, an incredible wife, Courtney, who's a, a teacher. She actually 
Um, just got a job at Bethlehem Christian School up here as a, as a first grade teacher. So she'll be starting that new endeavor uh, come the new school year. Um, so just, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it without, without my wife, Courtney. She mm-hmm. has supported me through a lot of uh, long hours, um, especially uh, so part of my story is I've been a college baseball coach in some form or fashion the last 13 years. Um, this is actually my first year out of college baseball since graduating from college. Um, and so this is, uh, she's been so supportive through all of that. But part of my journey is that, yeah, like I've said, I've been involved in baseball and some form of collegiate athletics over the last, whew, man, like I said, 13 years, which is kind of crazy to think about. And it's funny because every time that I tried to get out of baseball or thought it was time for a break from it, the Lord brought me back into it. It was wild. Like I, like I, I was a grad assistant, my grad assistant position at Geneva College where I played, my, played baseball and did my undergrad and master's at was coaching uh, for the baseball team and did that for three years. And I was like, you know what, it's time for a break. Like, let's just go student affairs route. Uh, I became a resident director at a small Christian university outside of Philly at Cairn um, and uh, thought I was done with coaching. Next thing you know, I'm helping coach that, that year. The coach saw all that I played baseball and coach. He's like, Hey, I need some help. And they weren't very good then. I was like, you know what? I'll help out. And that's actually what rekindled my passion for coaching and pouring in the young men. Um, and then two years after that, I, I took a job in Nashville thinking I was done with baseball again. And, uh, it was in student affairs at Belmont university down in Nashville. And, uh, same thing. Like it was, I was out of baseball for a semester um, really missed it. I think it wasn't really the aspect of baseball that I missed, but the ability to build relationships with young men and pour into them. Um, for those of uh, for those of you that are involved in in some form of athletics, you you spend so much time with the people on your team, especially in college athletics, because you're traveling, you're taking, you're spending weekends in hotels, you're you're on six to twelve hour bus trips with them. So like you, you get to spend so much time and get to know them. And I think that's what I was like missing. I felt like God was just, that was a part of what he wired, how he wired me was to connect with these, these young people through athletics. And I was out of it for, for just a short time. And next thing you know, I was at division one school at Belmont and I just reached out to the coach said, Hey, like, if you need any help, let me know. Next thing you know, they created a position for me and I'm coaching division one baseball in Nashville. So then turn around and, uh, a year later, come back to Karen as the head coach, and that's where I, that's where I've been the last five years now, leading into uh, the position that I'm at now with uh, the Park Sports Complex, uh, running it as the general manager. Yeah. So uh, as I listen to your story, one of the most incredible things that I take away from it, and I think it just applies across the board for us all, is you know just the value of of staying uh, the course. Um, with with really prioritizing and caring for the people around us, mm. and uh, you know, I know everybody's got a different temperament, you know, extroverts, introverts, but regardless of how you're wired, the reality is people is what it's about, right? And I, I think even what you were talking about as you were describing your time, you know, throughout those those years, you know, the things you were missing about it, it really came down to being able to to be with these young men to pour into them, to help develop them, to um, grow them, not only in their abilities and talents on the field, but off the field as well, which as I've gotten to know you, I know that's so on your heart, you know, to, to do that. And I think we have a responsibility 
whether we're a coach uh, and literally a sports coach or a coach um, with those in our family units or a coach as far as uh, those that we work with or those that we work uh, not only with, but maybe they report to us. How are we coaching them up? How are we engaging in our uh, role and our call to help them be the best versions of themselves? And that's such a um, integral part of your heartbeat, Phil. Like as I've gotten to know you and I, I see that and I, I uh, really admire that and appreciate that about you. And I'm so grateful that you're here in the Valley because really vision for the Valley is to promote and to talk about the people and the places that are in the Valley and to put a spotlight on what's going on. And, and so you've made a transition, right? Coaching is still part of you. It's in your DNA. It's in what you're doing, but you're moving away from specifically, Hey, I'm coach capital C coach, right? Uh, you know, that, that's my role to now uh, really being the general manager of the, the park sports complex. And so I want to just to ask you, what's the, the vision behind this? Like, what is it that you guys are offering, what you're doing? And I go, I know, and you're going to probably elaborate on this, that it's still in process. So share even where that is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll kind of start from the beginning when, when, I, when uh, my wife and I thought this is where God was leading us. Um, and you keep mentioning the Valley, like we've, we've only been officially moved in officially for about a month now. I've been working up here for about nine months, which is crazy to think about. And we absolutely love this, this region and the people, and you can just tell um, the people in the Valley are just so passionate about this area and the community in it. Um, and that's just been incredible. And, and that goes to the owners of the, of the sports complex that decided uh, to give me the opportunity to jump on and help carry out the vision that they have for this. Um, Kevin and Terry Moisen are the owners. Uh, they started a, a baseball organization for their son. Um, I don't even know. I, this is this is the part where some of the history that I, I'm not going to be exact on, but um, I think it was about their son was uh, 12 years old. I think when they started this baseball team because they just like their son wanted to keep playing baseball and literally kind of ended at the beginning of summer. They wanted to keep playing. Um, and so they did that just to give back to the community and give back to their son and give players the opportunity to progress their passion, as they, they would say. And um, so they, they've, it's grown and it went from one team to five teams now. And uh, they, they're looking to start this sports complex. And as my wife and I were coming on, we, we went and visited them, uh, kind of met, had some conversation about the role. And one of the biggest things that I felt and saw in their hearts and what they were doing was they just wanted to create a place that felt like home for people. Um, we're standing, a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now is ran out of their backyard, basically. They have an indoor hitting hitting tunnel and they have outdoor mounds that we're running less than doing a couple things out of, but um, they we their team was practicing that night that, that we were up there and the players just started rolling in and just kind of walking into their house, they're, turning the TV on out on the, on the patio, just kind of making themselves at home. And it really reminded me of what, what our culture was like at, at Karen and our baseball program. And we called it a brotherhood. And it just, it, it just felt natural with what they were doing, Kevin and Terry with their organization. And um, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of it for nine months now. And I still get to coach one of their teams and help out. And man, the, the, just the family atmosphere that they have created through their baseball organization is what has really sparked them to want to do something a little bit bigger for the Valley. 
Um, and, and I mean, there's been a lot of reasons like during COVID, they had a hard time even finding fields mm-hmm. for people to utilize and for their teams to utilize. And that's part of what the sports complex is going to be. There's going to be two outdoor turf baseball fields and it's a place where they want people to feel like home. We just met with somebody this morning and it was talking about, we want people to like, we, we want them to be there all day if they can be like, we just want them to be there and hang out and be able to pour into people and, give them uh, some some purpose outside of just developing them as athletes. That's going to be a big part of what the park sports complex is, is, is developing players as, as athletes, but also as people. And that's a big reason why I felt comfortable jumping on board with Kevin and Terry and everybody else that they've already built this incredible organization around that it, it, they cared more about the people that they're working with and the, the student athletes as, as people more than they did as players or athletes and it's still evident I've been in it nine months now and that hasn't changed um they're all they still pour into their players and the just like they would their son and it's just a really cool experience and thing to be a part of and so that's what the park is kind of gonna hopefully take on like we want you to walk into the doors of that building and it feel like home like that's why it's called the park um uh, Kevin always mentions about spending time at the park as a kid like you just you walked out the door hey mom go to the park and like whether it's to play ball or go climb on the jungle gym like it was a place where you just went and hung out and um there may not be as much of that anymore but that's kind of the atmosphere that we're trying to create within what we're doing and um it's just been a really fun journey uh hasn't been without its challenges um and with that being said it's part of that's getting it off the ground and running and uh, we're hopefully we're hopeful to break ground and, and, and praying through that and hopefully break ground by the end of this summer um, for it to be uh, up and running of like the whole thing next year, but portions of it, hopefully by the end of this year. Um, and so that's kind of what the project's looking like right now. It's it's going to be a, a large indoor facility uh, that's going to be able to house multiple sports from lacrosse, field hockey, soccer, um, and then a lot of baseball as well, because that's what we're all passionate about within this organization, but we're also passionate about, especially the Moisens about the Valley. They're, they're, they want to provide this experience for their, for people in the Valley that, that they don't have that right now. They're driving an hour, hour and a half to get that experience where they're trying to create that right in their backyard. So um, that's in a nutshell of what it looks like. And uh, it's located right off of 33 and Hecktown road um that intersection which is right across the street to give you some landmarks from the new hospital that lvhn just built so it's uh it's a really it's going to be a really fun and exciting project um we're working through the challenges right now of getting it up and running but uh we're working out of their garage right now so we kind of laugh about it um in the summer we're like man yeah, it's hot right now, but imagine when we have that air-conditioned office that we're going to be working out of here. And, it's kind of uh, like uh, Apple, right? Like yeah, exactly. you guys. <laughs> like, that's, that's, yeah, that's what we're going for right there. And so, <laughs> just really, it's been a blast. Like I, I and when I say a blast, like I've learned a lot about myself and as well as um, what what their vision is and what they're accomplishing through this. And it's just, it's a journey, but but one that that we're all grateful to be on right now. That's really cool, man. So I had a couple of uh, follow-ups for you on that. One is how big is this complex going to be? Like, is there, do you know the total square footage? Yeah. So the indoor facility is going to be 55,000 square foot. Um, So it will have a 22,000 square foot turf space inside that can be 
broken up into multiple sections, but also be utilized as the whole space. So you can you can run indoor soccer games in there. Um, it won't be the full size of a full outdoor soccer field, but uh, a substantial indoor field that will be able to play indoor soccer where a lot of a lot of places can uh, organizations can train out of. Um, and then there's going to be think a total of upwards of around 12 to, to 16 batting tunnels in there um, that people can utilize as well as a, a, a four, about a 4,000 square foot weight room and a uh, about a thousand square foot training room where we have an athletic trainer that worked with the Phillies for the past 13 years, John May, just an incredible human being as well and cares about holistic development too. Um, and he's going to, he's already with the organization. He walks around with his blow up, uh, his blow up training table that he takes the games and blows it up at the field and gets guys stretched out and stuff. And just an incredible person. Um, and so uh, that's where the, the indoor facility be about 55,000 square feet in total. Um, and then the two outdoor fields are going to be two full size baseball fields that also have the capability of having two full size soccer fields in the outfield of the multi-purpose field that then can also be broken up into four youth baseball fields. So um, it's a, it's a really interesting but a really cool complex that I think is going to provide a lot of opportunity for people so how did you get hooked up with these guys like I, I don't know if I ever asked you that question so yeah. I'm, I'm asking this like real time like because it's like I knew you're a coaching career right and I even understand a bit of like coaching like this this league but even that it's like you know it, it I just would love to hear the backstory of how you guys hooked up yeah so I have a incredible mentor uh his name's kevin wilson and seems to pop up on every every interview podcast that i do because he's been a crucial part of my life and um somebody that, that has challenged me in a lot of areas spiritually mentally as a father as, as a husband um has just really helped shape my perspective on caring for people first and not the outcomes so i think as a coach like my first year i got caught up in in wins and losses and he was there to redirect me and like and kind of just asked the question, Phil, when did it become about winning? Like, when was that the ultimate goal? Um, anyway, that he, he was the person that has just been really involved in our life. And um, he called me up the one day. It was actually while I was in Savannah um, and coaching the Savannah Bananas down in Georgia. And he said, hey, like, there's this opportunity. I don't know if you're interested. I know um, you kind of feel like you, you might be like the resources maybe being dried up for where you're at. Um but like, I, I just wanted to throw this out there. Are you interested? Would you be interested in hopping on board with this, this, this complex? And so he's connected with them because he's my mentor. He's a, he's a hitting consultant, a hitting mentor for some professional players as well as some coaches and does a lot of consulting work. But he's done some stuff with their organization and has become really good friends with Kevin, the owner. And so that's how it all kind of tied in together. Um, and he still does stuff with the organization, but um, that's kind of how we got connected and just really felt like God was opening that door for us. And, um, and that's, that's really where we just felt led that this was, this was the next step and how we got connected there. Dude, that's awesome, man. And I was going to say too, even as I listened to all these different people, uh, uh, pieces that have really got you to this point, I think one of the overlapping things that is really important to not miss is um, you guys said people over the player meaning it's not that the player isn't part of the person but oftentimes what we do our performance our achievements our accomplishment are tied to how we value somebody uh, what they can do or how do we enhance their uh, ability to perform or to achieve and again we're not 
anti-performing or getting better or achieving. But I think oftentimes that can uh, miss out on this holistic vision of caring for the whole person, viewing them as somebody uh, who has a future that's not just on the field, but off the field. And I think that's true of, of life as well, you know, that as we work with, on ourselves, you know, as we think about who we're becoming, it's easy to just get caught up in that trap, like your mentor was saying, like, hey, what am I accomplishing? Or what is the quote unquote win? And, and even that word is so arbitrary, success and winning, <laughs> you know, because obviously in baseball, it's really clear, right? There's a score at the end, but there's so much in life that is like, hey, it's what I, I think I should do have or be or these expectations that have maybe been put on ourselves uh, by ourselves. So this, this pressure or somebody else or what somebody else is doing. So the comparison thing and and we need to just be grounded in, in saying, hey, wait a minute, like it's more than just like what I can achieve and accomplish. Like that matters, but who I'm becoming even matters more, yeah. right? And, and even helping others as well. Like, hey, man, I, I want you to uh, be able to exercise your gifts and your passions. And, and I think there is such a thing as holy ambition. I, I do, but I also think we live in a time where whatever you've accomplished or your successes or that drive overtakes everything else as most important. And so to hear you guys really say, hey, wait a minute, like, yes, like we wanna get better on the field, but we, we understand life's not just what happens on the field. Um, I, I think is an important thing for us all to take note of in our own lives. And also as we help to walk with others, whatever type of influence we have on others to be thinking about that. Because when we're truly for uh, people and not, uh, I love the, I'm just quoting back what you said, for people versus just for the player, that actually will change the scorecard. That will actually change the result. Same thing organizationally. When we're for the people in our organization or when we're for a community versus asking them to be for us, that changes the scorecard. It, it impacts things dramatically. It creates a culture that's very contagious and that you want to be a part, uh, be a part of because it says, wait a minute, wow, like they value me for me and yeah. they value who I am and, and what it is that I do and my, my, my thoughts or my ideas. And so I think it's so important that we don't, don't lose that in the midst of our own leadership and our own life as well as we, we are uh, called to lead ourselves, which is the hardest person to lead, right? Uh, yeah. as at, least, <laughs> at least I've experienced it that way. But I, I just love that heart of, of really what you guys are about. And I, I just even love the fact that as, as you guys are working through this, this vision, and it has had some challenges as it's happened in the middle of COVID, um, you know, supply chain costs have probably been astronomically higher than what you once anticipated because of the, the back order stuff. But still saying, hey, you know what? We we really are about these people, this this place called the Valley, the Lehigh Valley. We want to be a part of seeing it be all that it's intended to be. And even for me, just to be honest, I, I think the vision has such value, not just because of what we said early on about the, the people part, but even the fact that they're willing to uh, sacrificially lead the way. Uh -huh. So it's one thing to say like, hey, I really value the next generation or baseball or development. It's another thing when you're like, man, people are practicing in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like we started the league and yeah. we went from two teams to well, how many teams now? Five, you said? I think. In the fall, yeah. Yeah. yeah like in the fall, it's five. I mean, 
that doesn't happen, you know? And, and I think it's, it's so incredible to even watch them use their, their lives and their resources in that way and for right. you to be a part of that. Yeah, that comes from, I mean, just them caring. Like, I think like they don't, they don't recruit players to this. The players come to them because they see, I mean, word of mouth spreads, but they see how they care for them. Um, I've just been fortunate enough to be a part of it for a short time, like in getting to see that. And that's like, like you said, like they are just very sacrificial giving people that, that have a heart for, for helping others. And it's just, it's just, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. I was going to ask you, even as people are hearing this and uh, thinking about being a part of something like that, um, obviously they can learn more. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but specifically, is there any ways that you say, Hey, if you wanted to be involved in this, whether that's from a, a partnership development piece, um, a participant in the league and, and what you guys are talking about doing, um, what, what would you say to that? Like, how, how can people get involved? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's so many ways, obviously, like you, you mentioned it from the start, like the, like during a challenging time, it's a challenging time to build in, in the sense of, of construction and, and looking at that. So that, that's a big portion of what, what we're doing is, is developing and raising the funds to, to, to develop this. And, and they've sacrificially gave a lot of their own money to help get this thing started. And, and we're looking to complete that project. So that's where partnerships, we actually had a conversation today about it is just, is going to be so vital for us. Um, we have a, a large partnership already lined up that they're excited to be a part of it with us. And we're looking to continue to build those partnerships. So um, reaching out to us, uh, whether that's my email or um, my, my phone number, whatever that is, um, we would love for, for people to be a part of that uh, from a partner standpoint, whether that's sponsorship or what else can we do and uh, develop this place to make it an experience for people that they're going to love. Like there's a reason why there's a playground on it because when families come to watch, like what, what six-year-old sister wants to go watch their 16-year-old brother play a baseball game when they could go play on the playground. Um, so that's the experience that we're trying to create. And we would love for people in the community to be a part of that. And Kevin Terry or Lehigh people, they've been here their whole lives. They've grew up here. Um, and that's what they want. They want it to be a place where people can evolve. So that would be a way, like, I don't, I don't know if now's the time to give out my contact information. We can do sure. it. Later. Yeah. Um, I'll just make it easy. One, my email is gm at the parksportscomplex.com. Um, I don't know if there's show notes to this. You could add yeah, it. To yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure uh, that people have all that. <laughs> so that would be a great way just to reach out. We can give you more information on how to partner. Uh, as far as playing in it, um, we actually, our tryouts start next week. So I don't know when this oh. is going to be posted, but um, the, the trials for the fall are starting. But there, we have a website, uh, powerballersbaseball.com for our baseball organization. Hmm. And then we're actually launching our second youth camp. We don't even have a facility yet. We're launching our second youth camp. We ran our first one in June and we actually had to cut it off because we, we, we were starting to get too many participants for the coaches that we had to, to run it. So we ended up cutting it off at 60 participants. Um, and it went so well, we got so much great feedback that we're actually running our second one here in the second week of August. So if you would love to sign up for that ages six to 13, um, we would love to have, uh, have them involved in that. You can go to the parksportscomplex.com to, to check that out and register for that. We should be launching that by tomorrow, actually. So, um, and then uh, also there's different ways to get involved through lessons that we give, different events that we're going to be running. Um, and it's all kind of playing itself out as we're a relatively new organization. But um, those are a couple ways to get involved. Um, we're always looking for great coaches. Um, that's the one thing where uh, Kevin and I talk about all the time is, 
is he like there could be 12 to 15 teams right now but we don't want to put the teams before the coaches because the coaches are the ones that are going to be like we talked about truly investing in these players as players but also people so we want to find the right fit and kevin does a really good job of vetting the coaches and making sure that they're the right fit for what we're doing um and and caring about these 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 guys um uh, so much so that that we're not willing to grow the teams before we have the coaches to do so. So we're always looking for coaches. Um, so if you're a baseball mind and want to get involved in baseball and want to coach anywhere from ages 10, 10 U to 17, um, we'd love to hear from you as well. So um, those are some ways that, that you can get involved that, that from that standpoint right now. And I'm sure as the facility gets up and running, there's going to be a lot more ways to get involved as well, too. Well, that's really awesome. And I was going to say, too, I I think the thing I like about beyond saying, hey, it's a great place and, and it, you're for the Valley, even that idea of, of what it's called, you know, you know this, this whole idea of the park. And I was just talking to somebody that oversees parks and recreation over in South Whitehall. Um, and as I was talking to him, I was just reminded of, like you were saying, the centrality of kind of these gathering spaces, especially mm -hmm. out of a, at a, in a time like this with, as being in COVID and then coming out of COVID, how many more people are looking for those like third spaces that, hey, yeah. you know what, whether it's your kids are playing on the playground or they're involved in this or, you know, whatever the case is. And I, I think we, we need more of those types of spaces. So I, I, I would encourage you if you're someone that's like, hey, I'm looking to partner with this, whether that's financially or become a sponsor as a, a corporation or a business, or maybe even coaching. And I think even that says a lot to me personally, as I listen to this, because when, when you have a vision of what you want to see happen, it's so easy to put the vision in front of the people part. Yeah. I mean, I just love even the, the mindset that says, Hey, I'm, I want to see this grow and, and be um, scaled and sustained over a, a course of time. But in order for that to happen, you have to have the right leaders in place. Yeah. And that's true, again, as we talk about our own lives and leadership for us as well, uh, man, do we have the right people in the right places? Have they been vetted well? Or are we just so caught up with expediency that we're not really taking the, the hard look of, of what it is that we need to do to develop people to be in those positions? And when we don't have those positions, we're willing to wait until we find the right person versus, hey, I'm just going to put some, somebody who's subpar in this slot just so we can progress. And yeah. you know what, there's this old adage that says, you know, if you, you can go slow to go fast or you can go fast and have to go slow again because you have to start basically over uh, in, in so many ways. And so I just think that's a powerful lesson to, to think about what it is that you guys are, are doing. And, and on a selfish note, I, I can't wait for you guys to uh, do something with basketball. I know I was in a meeting with Phil, and someone was talking about basketball. So he's like, wait, we haven't even built this thing yet. And I loved even Bill's response. He was like, listening. It was so good. But I'm a, I'm a huge basketball guy. And I was like, yes. But what you're saying, too, I think is, is true on, across the board, not just with basketball. There are not a lot of places in the Valley where, you know, beyond outside courts or outside fields, you know, like sometimes like whether it's weather related or there's not enough openings, something like this could could add so much value so there are those floating floor basketball floors that, that we've looked into a little bit but i'm a big oh, basketball yeah I, yeah i played basketball in high school too so i love basketball too but they 
Um, so that's not out of the question, but like I said, we, we haven't built this thing yet. So we're, we're, we're <laughs> course until we get to that point, but yeah, you're, you're we're trying always to, looking to find ways to, to have people get into the, get into the, the park. So that's, yeah, awesome, sure that's not out of the question. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're just trying to under promise over deliver, which I appreciate. That's, that's a, that's a wise thing about that. Well, as you think about what it is that you're, you're doing and, and really your involvement, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is because we're in a huge um, time and, in, in, you know, where sports, youth sports are just like taking off. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen it in a variety of ways. And it seems like to me, and again, I'm not by any means an expert, but it just seems like it's been like a rocket ship, yeah. like going up and up before it was, you know, hey, it was kind of hit or miss with how many um, weekends would be taken up with it, you know, but then over the course of time, it just continues to take more and more and more time. And I'm not here to give a commentary about that Mm -hmm. piece per se. I I know there's a lot of thoughts out there about that, but have you seen that? Have you experienced a a shift and a change with just youth sports and and the culture around it at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously we've done a lot of research leading into this. So I think that's a big portion of it where there wasn't really even like we're at the town that I grew up just outside of Pittsburgh. Like there, there wasn't even a thing called travel baseball at the time where I was. Um, it was like one really select team that if you were like a draft prospect that you could maybe <laughs> play on um, and everybody played like their local rec leagues Um and it, it shifted a lot. We the conversation we just had today with with somebody was that, yeah like it, these things didn't exist a couple of years ago, and now it's like you can throw a stone and hit twelve different travel baseball organizations just within the Lehigh Valley, um, let alone the, the Philly region, New Jersey. Like I mean, there's there's just so it, it's grown so much that it can be a great thing. It can be a great tool, which is. Uh, to to pour into people and utilize it to help grow people um, and it's shifted a lot and I think um, that's why families put a, such a strong emphasis on finding the right organization because it's uh, it, it can help anywhere from <coughs> helping your son or daughter get to whatever travel organization that is to get exposure to uh, go to a school that they would like to play at in college um, and find the right fit for them and it also gets exposure just to the sense of they get to get different experiences and get to see people from all around the country. Like, I think that's, we were just down in North Carolina uh, two weekends ago playing and we were playing w- with guys that they may have never even met before or ever got to see play before because of that, that experience they've had instead of just playing with their buddies in the local rec league. So it, there's a lot of positives to it too. I think sometimes it can get this negative undertone where it's just this privatized, monetized thing but when it's done the right way man just you can just there's just incredible things that can take place and I think that's where this organization is special in that way where they want to do things the right way and care for people one of the stories that that we we keep sharing is um they've just started this team like I said they just had two two teams up until this past year and they had three guys go to college and only one of them wanted to play baseball the other one went to west is going to west point um and the other one's going to Penn State Maine and they're they're people that they helped out academically um to help them grow academically to get to where they wanted to be in their life and their career and the one that did commit um he's going to Lehigh University to play baseball 
um, he was about to give up on the sport. Like, and they're like, no, no, you're good. You stick it out, stick it out. And uh, they're, they were talking about him the other day. And one of the players was just like, yeah, we, we think he's going to run for, for president here in about 25 years. So <laughs> that's kind of kidding. But so, yeah, it's grown a lot. I know I digress there a little bit, but it's grown oh. so much. But there's um, so much value in it if done the right way and, and done for people and not for the for the money side of it. Well, and I think that that's I, the value that's added, right, is the developmental side of it, because I think it's easy to chase a dream. And again, I'm not saying it's bad to have these these goals of like going to college or playing baseball in college or even playing professional baseball how do you even help players and parents in particular handle their expectations Mm -hmm. Um, because i i don't know what it's like uh beyond i wish i was six five (laughs) six eight and i could you know and i was good enough to play in the nba which i'm not uh just mine it doesn't even matter how tall i am but uh but you know what i'm saying like how do you Mm-hmm. manage those expectations without being a naysayer or you know anything like that but do, does that make sense oh absolutely I mean that's one of the biggest conversations that I think come up on a, a daily basis I'm coaching helping coach the 17u team which are all rising seniors in high school so this is a crucial time for a lot of them when it comes to the recruitment standpoint so I actually just got off the phone earlier today with a with a with a guy that's going to visit to visit his first school division one school up in Buffalo and um, just walking him through the right questions to ask um, and, and walking through like, hey, what if, and his dad said the same thing, but if you go through this, like, and you end up not playing baseball or career ending injury happens, like, is this a school you still want to be at? Mm-hmm. Uh, but from the standpoint of like managing the expectations, that's one of the things like you, you, you never want to, like you said, a naysayer, you don't want to be that person that shoots down somebody's dream when I mean like Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team so like you never want to be that person that's saying like no you can't do it but you also want to help them find the right fit for them and I think that starts to play out I think you start to you start to utilize where they're at you start to see the different things that and that's where travel baseball comes into play like for example our first tournament we played against the University of Kentucky commit and he hit two home runs and a triple against this. And some of the players were like, wow, if that's the level I want to be at, I got a lot of work to do. And so like, it starts, it starts to play itself out. It does like it, it really does. So I think that's where they start to learn what's the right fit for them. Um, but then also like, I've also learned to never give up on a player. I, I think like from, I recruited, I was a head baseball coach for the last five years. And one of the players that ended up coming in, like I saw him play a long time ago, and he um, it took a gap year. And next thing you know, he came to Karen as a freshman and was <clears throat> almost one rookie of the year, led our team in home runs every year he played, was uh, like a, a legit a legit college baseball player that three years ago would have said, this kid's never going to step foot on a college baseball field. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's where just having the conversation with them is the biggest piece. It's, it's saying like, it's just walking them through that and let's say like, Hey, you remember that player that we played against three weekends ago and he's going to university of Kentucky. And you say, you want to go play at Vanderbilt who just lost the national championship game. Like, and it just, you just walk them through the questions of like, do you think you're as good as that player? And if they say yes, then it's like, all right, let's keep pursuing this. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you kind of help them walk through that. But part of that's also getting them to see what level of baseball there is out there. And 
we're learning right now is just such that COVID, not only with you're talking about construction, but COVID's done a lot to a lot of areas, including the recruitment standpoint, where there's 2,800 players in the, what's called the transfer portal right now who are transferring out of a Division One school. So there's 28 players that don't have a home that were formerly at a Division One school that other schools are bringing in to their school. So not only are you going up against the, the players that are your age, you're going up against players that already have one or two years of college baseball experience now that can transfer freely with the one-year transfer rule where they don't have to sit out. So it's just walking them through the realities of the situation and not shooting it down, but helping them see like, hey, this is going to be an uphill battle. If you really want this, we got some work to do. And But then it's also like helping guys walk through like, hey, this is a phenomenal school. Yeah, it may not have the Division One title that you want, but you're going to see some really good baseball and you're going to play some really good baseball and you're going to grow and you're going to get a great, great education. And so like, and we have, we're fortunate enough to have a really good group of guys who are, are self-aware, have great families um, that are really helping them pursue the right, the right visions, the right path. Um, But a lot of it does start to play itself out and you start to see that. So some of the conversations don't even have to take place because you start to see that's what travel baseball does a little bit and travel sports does is you get to see the talent that's out there. You're no longer in your little bubble of your high school that you played at, but now you're expanding and seeing the type of players that are out there. Um, and so that's, that's a, that's a really loaded answer to a, a, seems like a simple question, but it is a loaded question. So it's one of those things helping people walk through that. Yeah. I think the, the nuance is the important part of it because it's so easy to give like, um, canned answers for something that involves really a person's dreams and goals and even in a healthy way reorienting them to where they are in their play um, what the levels are as far as talents and even I think recasting vision for um, what the, the the different divisions look like mm-hmm. you know division one division two division three you know that there are options you know that you're not you're not handcuffed to, Hey, I've got to actually go to this school and there's no other options, which I think not just in sports, but in general, I think is one of the most dangerous kind of visions for your own life Mm -hmm. uh, for those pursuing, whether it's colleges or even uh, pursuing a trade versus an academic path. Like I'm like, man, there's a lot of paths, you know, I I think it's helping though, not to tell them, Hey, (laughs) like you said, Hey, I'm not going to tell you what it is for you. I rather want to want to work with you to help discern what that is. And I think that's an important life lesson and leadership lesson as well. Is like, man, it's easy to tell somebody something, but there is something about discovering and helping them to to come to those conclusions on their own. To be a a person that's setting the conditions for it to be safe enough to dream, safe yep. enough to be asked the questions and have to consider, even if they don't have the answer right then safe yeah. enough to try and even if you fail right quote unquote like the kentucky players like two home runs and a, I forget what the other thing you get like a double right yeah. like i mean like you know hey like those are all part of of not only um the journey for others but also the leadership lessons in our own life right because you know it's one thing to be told something i think sometimes we like that uh, but for most of us in order for it to stick we need to have a, a journey of discovery and to have guides to come alongside us. And really that's what a coach is. He's, he's a guide. She's a guide to help guide these players 
towards this this path that they're gonna embark on together and then wherever that path takes you after these years you know we want to continue to cheer you on but we want to set you up for success and we all need guys guides we all need people to show us the way yeah uh, not just tell us the way which is the whole part of what you were saying phil is like i can tell them but there's a lot i don't know either <laughs> about yeah, the situation exactly. I, I have some experiences but you know what like you said jordan got cut from his team i mean you know you, you don't want to do that but on the other side of this is the parent side of things so how how do you help the parents how do you partner with them what does that look like that dynamic again you see all kinds of crazy things that come out it's it's same thing with church leadership right you you hear like the worst stories when there's like hundreds of great stories i'm sure the same thing could be said about parents as well right you only see the the one parent who went crazy and there was a fight on the field, you know, and all they, they charge the field and they go after the umpire, but you know, it's not always like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. If, I think that's probably more of the exception than the rule. So yeah. how have you partnered with parents? How do you work with them? And what would you recommend for both, you know, the, the player and the parent? Yeah. So, I mean, I've had a, a short amount of experience on this side of things with the high school parents going to the college. I've had more experience, experience with recruiting athletes and talking with parents from that standpoint. Um, but I will say from, from the side of things with the high school athlete and their parents, I am fortunate enough to be a part of an organization that has done a good job of, of setting standards and expectations for families too, um, <clears throat> where the families are a, a big part of what we do. Like, I mean, for example, like our tournament in North Carolina, the whole entire organization went out to dinner together. We're all sitting around the same table, including parents. So that's just a, a really cool thing that doesn't happen everywhere. Um, but with that, like that opens up the relationship. Like you start to spend time with the parents. You don't just avoid them. Um, and I think when they get to see your heart as a coach, your heart as a, as an owner of an organization or somebody that ran it, um, they start to see like, Hey, this, this person really does care for my, my son or daughter. And so I think I can trust what they have to say a little bit more and you can be a little bit more honest with them, but part of it's just being available. It's, it's having like just that phone call today that I had with a player. Um, he goes, Hey, what's, what are some good questions? Here's some of the questions I have. How should I go about asking these? Um, same thing goes with the parents is being available. Is, is there, is there an opportunity for them to reach out and say, Hey, like this coach sent me this email. What does this mean? Um, does it mean like they just want me to come pay $200 to come to my camp and make some money off of me? Or does this mean they're actually interested in me? Mm -hmm. um, and walking through that with them, helping guide them and ask those questions. I I will say like, I've, I, like I am really fortunate to be a part of an organization that has some really great parents. So we don't have the horror stories yeah. that you may have hear from other places. Um, but just like I, like I have a son that I hope is a great athlete so one day and he may not even like sports he knows but um he may he may like something that i have nothing to no interest in whatsoever um but if he does like sports like that's the same thing like i want the best for him and i want him to reach for his goals i want him to strive to be the best um but i also want to make sure like uh, that we get the right guidance whether that's from other families or other people that have went through the experience that, that i haven't but then speaking from a college coach standpoint, I've had the opportunity to get to know a lot of families. And I, and I tell every one of them, the moment they walk in, they're one of the first things that we say to them around the, the table of a recruiting visit is, hey, if you broke your leg the first day you were on campus, a career ending injury, and you never were able to play baseball again, would this be a university that you want to be at? Is this a place that you could see yourself being at long term if it wasn't for baseball? 
And, and the one big thing that, that I've talked to every recruit about is, is look, you're, we're not going to guarantee you playing time. That was one thing we never guaranteed, but it was, was we guaranteed the opportunity to compete for it. But we, we also guaranteed that we were going to care for you. We, we knew that we were going to try to take care of you the best that we could. And I, that would be my one encouragement for parents is find the people in the organizations that are going to help guide you, help your son or daughter guide you through that next step. Whether that's like you said, the trade going into a trade or even just going into the work workforce. I had a lot of high school teammates that just never even went to college and are having great careers in whatever they've pursued. Um, but if it is college route, it's like, where are the people going to help your son or daughter develop the most? Um, are they going to care about their academics? Are they going to care about them as people? Is the coach going to maybe answer a phone call at midnight when, when their son's really struggling with something to have a conversation because he trusts that coach the most? Um, so uh, handling those, those conversations, I'm fortunate enough to have great parents that just want guidance and will listen to your input. Um, but also from the other end, it's, it's helping the parents see from a college coaching standpoint of like, Hey, find the, find the places that are truly going to care for your son or daughter. And, and I think one of my proudest moments of a coach was a player that we didn't even get at a college level. Um, I got a phone call from one of my teammates. He was playing summer ball with somebody. Um, I don't know what happened at his previous school, but he was no longer on the team. He was a really good player. We talked with him and he ended up not being able to afford our school. And I was like, look, I'm not going to try to talk you into paying and not paying for a school that you, you shouldn't be paying for right now. I have a buddy who I think you're good enough to play at this level. I have a good friend that's a head coach at a school out in Kansas. He has a lot of scholarship money left. I sent him your video. I think you might be a great fit. And he goes there and develops as a person he actually got baptized like at a church that the coach went to and then he also became conference rookie of the year that year and so like that was one of my like proudest moments of a coach from the recruiting standpoint so I, I share that story because I think as parents if you if you get the feeling from a coach that they're going to care that much about my son that even if it's not my school they're still going to be just as excited if I go somewhere else because it is a great fit too in the coaching world coaches talk so they know what are good places and what aren't good places and, and I, I think that's where my advice would be for parents in, in navigating those conversations is, is find the places that are going to care for them as individuals. It's really good, man. I, and I, I hear that. And I, I think the word that comes to my mind is it's really about partnerships. Mm -hmm. So we talk about that, obviously, on the business side of things, getting this complex going on. And I think that's very true. Uh, we need partners, whether that's, you know, the financial partners, the coaches, but also think partnerships happen between players, coaches, and parents and working in this uh, synergy together to accomplish something and to say, hey, I have your best interest in mind and I'm going to make myself available uh, so that we have a chance to have these back and forth dialogue conversations, not monologue, but dialogue conversations, because I do think a lot of times what's and COVID, I think, revealed this. When when all you're getting from somebody is Zoom, um, yeah. Zoom, Zoom can only take you so far, right? Um, there's nothing like, you know, getting in people's lives, whether that's at, you know, the bus trips, you know, as you're going to, to play the games or the after dinner get-togethers, you know, win or loss, you know, win or, you know, you know win, or, win or losing, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, um, in in those, those areas and saying, hey, let's, you know, be together and taking the phone calls or making the phone calls and, 
And I think there's so, so much power in that for us all to be thinking about, you know, the, the power of partnership to say, hey, I'm, I'm in it with you and I'm for you. And yes, I'm going to affirm you, but I'm also going to hold you accountable. I'm going to celebrate you, but I'm going to challenge where it needs to be challenged. So as you think about both players and parents, I wanted to ask you, is there any resources that you recommend for, for um, them and their own development and understanding this whole world of um, baseball and in and, and, and these leagues and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 so many different resources out there that uh, I think are, are super helpful, and then some that may not be as helpful. Um, and, and so I would say the biggest thing is especially to like one of the biggest resources, like, and it comes with the, the relationship and the partnership piece, is, is talking with people that have gone through that experience a little bit. Um, and so there's college players everywhere that have played some type of collegiate sport at some level that is a great resource to talk with, whether that's within a baseball organization or a high school coach that has gone through it um, or a previous teammate that's gone through it in the previous years. I think those are all some, some great resources. Um, as far as like in particular resources, there, there are different recruiting resources out there um, that you can utilize um, as far as, uh, asking questions. There, there was an organization that I was a, a part of called Youth Baseball School, but I actually did like a recruiting talk on there uh, and then talked through that. I, I'm not sure if it's still functional, but you can check it out, youthbaseballschool.com. Um, there might we'll be... for that in this. Yeah. Just so uh, everybody knows that, yeah. And we'll check that out too. But I think like some of the resources that would be beneficial or, or is, and I know there's all these showcases, all these different things out there that, that players can be a part of. Um, but one of the big things that I recommend is finding the best fit for you and attending those college camps, like in hearing from those coaches directly at their camps. I know um, one of the one of the coaches uh, locally, the sales coach, does a really good job of giving a recruiting talk at all of his camps. And he talks through. I don't know him off by heart, but like there's five things that he talks through of like, hey, these are the five things that you really need to be asking and figuring out what's the right fit for you. Um, and most of these college camps have multiple colleges attending them. So, uh, for example, we're attending the Lehigh University camp team camp this next weekend. There's going to be 10 different colleges there um, visiting uh, and, and recruiting and seeing the players there. So there's going to be conversation that is had there that's going to help grow that. Um, and so I think those are some of the some of the resources. It, it's more the people like talking through that. Um, but there's also like things like ncsa.com, which is a place where a lot of cut coaches may go use to, to find an athlete or that you can post your video on field levels. Another one Fieldlevel.com is another resource that people utilize to, uh, coaches utilize that to go on and find players where it's actually kind of a networking system between coaches and between, uh, high school and travel coaches and college coaches where they can all kind of com converse together. And I've used that a little bit online as well. So um, on both ends, the end I'm on now, but also the college coaching end. So um, so those are some resources that that can be be utilized to, to help with the recruiting process and walk through those things. But also like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I gave my email already. I'm sure you're gonna put in the notes too, but like feel free to reach out if there's any questions that I can answer for people too. Like I'd love to love to help. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I'm still learning a lot about this process from this side of things too, um, and for families and, and what that looks like. But I really think having conversations with people that um, 
that have gone through the process before is such a vital thing that I think people overlook. They look for all these, hey, what's the best website to go to and get this information where right around the corner, maybe it's at your church or maybe it's at your parents' workplace that might have some good advice for you as well. Yeah, I think proximity beats yep. uh, even <laughs> getting all this content from other places because sometimes what's difficult about that is you don't have someone to download the content with and, and contextualize it for your situation. So exactly. you're kind of like, ah, oh, like, I think this is great, but like, what do I do with this? Like, <laughs> and I think to find those, those people to talk to uh, and, and to be looking for them as well as leveraging the other resources that you mentioned, I, I think is right on. And I think it's important that we think about how we help one another in that and help others, but specifically in the athletics. Cause I do think there's a, a unique opportunity to develop, but also I think there's a unique opportunity to be taken advantage of mm -hmm. as the two fill. I, yeah. and I think um, because it is, you know, for some, the, the priority is money-making. Uh, yeah. I don't hear that from you guys at all. And, and I think that obviously there's a, a part of this where money has to be a, a part of it, you know, because it is something you're running. It's not just like, <laughs> it, it doesn't cost money to make things happen, but I think to not lose sight of the, the bigger picture in that. And as, as I think about um, even you leading and leading in a variety of ways, I, I was just curious because you've been in so many transitions and changes over this last several years, but specifically it's very acute these last nine months. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, you're pregnant with vision and you're giving birth literally right nine months uh, of transition and change. So I was just curious, what, what leadership lessons are you learning these days? What, what is it that um, you've been working through personally mm -hmm. as, as you think about leading in a new, it's while it's a similar lane, it is different. As yeah. Well, you know, so what are some of those things for yourself? Man, I, I know we've already been on this podcast for a while, so this could I, I could talk about this for another two hours. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> I, I've been learning so much about myself through the through this process, and just being transparent and, and vulnerable in this in this a little bit is I think in the, this has been the first time I think ever in my life, and I've been a pretty even keeled person where I think sometimes like the anxiousness and anxiety has has kind of creeped into my life a lot more than it ever has before. Um, and uh, I don't know who I was talking, I don't remember if this was you or somebody else, but um, the other day, just talking through like the, the top three stressors in somebody's life is, is moving, a new job, uh, <laughs> having a baby and losing a, a close loved one. And all four of those happen within the last nine months of taking this job. Um, and so I know that has a part to do with this, not necessarily just the role, but like, I think that's where the anxiety has kind of creeped a lot in my life where it starts to consume my thoughts. I overthink things. I start thinking something that isn't is completely false, but in my head it's true. Um, and so what I've been learning about myself is having to lean into letting go a lot more and turning it over to God truthfully and just, um, letting him be in control of the situation, not myself. Um, I think I've learned a lot more about myself that I actually, I, I thought I was really good about giving up control. I thought I was okay with like not being in control of situations. So as like a head coach, like our, our pitching coach, like, Hey, you got the pitchers go like run with it. Like I didn't really do too much with them. Hey, our, our, our outfield coach and base running coach, you got to go run with it. Do, do, do your thing. And so to me, I thought that was 
relinquishing control. Like I was like, Oh, like I don't, I don't need to be in control, but at the end of the day, like I still had the ultimate say and the ultimate ability to say, no, we're not going to do that today. Or yes, we're going to do that today. Um, and so I'm learning about myself that I like to have control more than I thought I did. Um, I thought I, I, I thought being in control wasn't something that I struggled with, but it truly is. And um, I felt like my life was going a little bit out of control there for a little while. And I've had to really lean into God and I've realized that growth comes a lot. Like I have known this and, but I haven't felt it in so long where I was really comfortable in my previous position where now I'm like, really, I've been really uncomfortable at times where it's forced me to grow a lot more. Um, It's forced me to let go. It's forced me to lean into like, hey, what do I, how do I need to be a different version of myself, a better version of myself in this next chapter of life? Um, being a father of two kids under three years old, um, being a good husband, fixing up a house, uh, just showed you our basement floor that we're redoing, um, trying to start up a, a multi-million dollar business, like all of those things of relinquishing control has been something that I've had to grow in a lot. And what that means is also, understanding that that uh, uh, being having ability to serve others and that includes like the the people that i'm working for it took me a while to 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 serve more rather than try to feel like my voice needed to be heard um and i had to learn that a lot i had to learn how to trust people a little bit more um and just allow that just let go of those things and be like instead of hey here's what we need to do today now asking the question of hey how can i help today um, and that has completely shifted my perspective. And honestly, a lot of that has probably just came recently within the last month and a half where it, it, it has been a struggle um, early on in this. And I loved college coaching. I loved it. Like it was one of my, like still, one, it was, it's been one of my favorite roles I've ever had, but I, I knew God was guiding and moving in a lot in a different way than I, like where I was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be in that previous role anymore. And I'm starting to see why, like, cause I, I needed to grow. I needed to work through things, but also um, it's cool to see the impact that others have had on my life, but also the, the impact that God's using me in a different way that I never even envisioned before. Uh, I mean, heck, I, I was helping develop five-year projections to, to take to, to people, to show them what our business model is. And I was a college baseball coach the last five years and yet I had to learn how to do that. And so, um, that's where like I, I'm being challenged in that way, where as a leader of finding ways to like be in uncomfortable situations, um, I didn't think this was going to be as uncomfortable as, as it has been at times for me, just because I, I was in such a comfortable position where now it's taking a different version of myself to, to be the best husband and the best father and also the best employee. I can, all, I can be all at once um, for, for all of those aspects. Um, and so those are a few areas that I'm growing as a leader. It's, uh, I'm really seeing it now. And I keep reminding myself, I think when we met the first time, you mentioned uh, reading through Nehemiah. And the, the funniest thing was, is the next day I met with a mentor who was the CEO of this multi-million dollar company that started HDMI. And he, he said, hey, Phil, I really think you need to read through Nehemiah and talking about patience and leading in different ways and looking at it from a leadership standpoint and seeing how Nehemiah led through rebuilding the wall, like rebuilding the portions of Jerusalem. And, and it just, it it just, it's been a journey for me. And I've had to lean on God a lot more for that. 
I think before it was like, all right, how can I maintain my relationship with God and keep growing? But now it's like, I have to really rely on God where God's like, Phil, this is no longer just about you, me being in your life, but this is about you trusting and relying on me now. And I've had to do that so much more. And that's been a really, really huge part of what my life has kind of been the last couple of months of growing in that way as a leader um, and, and learning how to serve in different ways and, and, and serve the owners because they're, they got their hands full too. I mean, they're, that was just, we were joking today, like at one moment, like uh, Terry's the accountant, Kevin's the construction manager. And all of a sudden Terry has to go be a mom for her son that's going on a college visit. And Kevin has to turn around and develop team practices for the, for the, uh, for the organization. So they have a lot going on too. So it's now shifting to how can I serve? What can I do to, to be the best general manager I can be in this stage where we don't have a facility yet. And that's, that's, that's been where I've been growing a lot in, in the leadership standpoint, um, which is much different than what I maybe anticipated when I jumped on, but it's been really good for me. And just seeing God work through that has been incredible. Well, I think, I think that speaks a lot about even those transitions that we talked about, you know, and you mentioned, those are like pivotal points, whether they're like major shifts in life and specifically what you're talking about this vocation. I, I have found, and, and I think you hit it so, and said it so well already is it's one thing to have a part to play in something like coaching a team, for example, that's another thing to feel responsible for something, but having to work with others to orchestrate making it happen. Mm-hmm. And that the final say yes, you have a part to say in it, but it doesn't solely rest on your shoulders. Um, and, and I think that's a, a weird feeling sometimes because we do like to control. If you're any form of leader, I think there is a control, but it's easier to trust when you have less responsibility, but the more responsibility you have, Andy Stanley said it well, yeah. the harder it is to trust. Trust God, trust others. It's just hard. And, and really even feeling so uncomfortable. I think part of even that process and that journey is, is being comfortable in your own skin to say, Hey, I don't know yet. And I'm I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to serve. I can serve. I can learn, you know, I'm teachable. I'm I'm humble. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm willing uh, to, to do what's necessary. And that's what I really appreciated about your heart, Phil, and getting to know you. And as we're um, really looking at, what's to come. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful. And I, I was literally thanking God for you and your family today. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so grateful that God brought you guys here and I'm excited about what's to come. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it's exciting. I, I think it's also very uh, terrifying. And if it's mm-hmm. exciting and terrifying, that means you're probably in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, what, what do you mean? Well, because if it's exciting and terrifying, that means there's another word for that's called an adventure. Uh, just, on the, just on the Bible study this morning that you mentioned, that was every Monday. It's Mike Lynch and the, that crew and uh, all those college coaches and scouts. And, and that's what they're, they were talking about was I think sometimes in life we, we try to like pursue the things in what the Cole Ragsdale, who's a pastor at that church now, was, was leading in. He's talking through like comfort and security and all those things are the things we pursue where a lot of times God's going to put us in the complete opposite direction of that, where it's like, Hey, like, like, just like you said, if, 
if it's if it's uncomfortable and a little bit scary, you're probably in the right spot. And I think, uh, especially in that aspect, like that's that's where sometimes the, the the greatest work is done, and it's 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 revealing God's glory more than it is your own, because it's like, well, I didn't know what I was doing, but somehow this thing worked out. So and I think that's where where that's that that's a really a great word of wisdom from you too, just with the, the standpoint of, of, yeah, if it's scary and, and uncomfortable, there's probably a good chance you're where you're supposed to be. Right. Like it's, it's all part of the adventure thing. It's like the same idea of like when we take our kids to go on a roller coaster for the first time, there's the exhilaration of getting there, but then there's the fear of like, wow, man, this thing in the face is like, I had a friend who <laughs> son, his son really wanted to go on a roller coaster for the first time. And you know they get they get the picture right like of of um, of them doing that like on the roller coaster you know they have these cameras all over the place and his face was like mortified and he may not ride a roller coaster for a while now but the point being I think life and leadership is like that too where it's like man even as a you know I'm a 41 year old and I'm I still when I ride a roller coaster I still get that same feeling but after it's done a, a memory's made you know uh, something happened between um those who i was with like we made this, this, this memory and shared this experience together and i think i think that's all part of the, the journey as well so i i don't know i just kudos to you man grateful that you're here and phil i'm so grateful that uh, you've decided to not only be a part of the valley but join me today on the, on the vision for the valley podcast um we'll make sure we we link to to show notes in the show notes as far as the um website and your email address as well. Is there anything else, other other ways you want people to connect with you or that they can connect with you? Yeah, so those are all great. I also have social media, so Coach Phil underscore S um, on Twitter. You can follow me there. Um, I, I, I try to post something a, a lot on, on Twitter just because I, it's, it's somewhat of a journal, but also I, I think sometimes as people – we think that what we're going through may be the only thing, only we're the only person going through that or working through that or learning that where sometimes it, it can connect with other people. So I just like to share like what, I, what I'm learning and, and growing in as well. Um, so that's another way we can connect as well through social media, um, but email, social media, whatever it is, feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. And make sure you check out the, the website visionforthevalley.com to learn more about what we're doing with Vision for the Valley as well as we'll be again linking um, in the show notes all the things that we talked about as far as where you can find Phil, where you can connect to what's going on. But again, thanks, Phil, for, for jumping on the podcast today. No, absolutely. It was a pleasure. And uh, likewise, my family and I, we're, we're so excited to be in the Valley and be here. So it's just been incredible in experience. And we felt so welcomed by so many different uh, people here um, from, from your church to the people we're connected with at work. Um, it's just been, it's been really cool. It's really cool to see our family be taken care of um, with the move that we've been, we've been going through the last, last couple months. Yeah, man, it's, it's been fun even doing some, uh, we did some puddle jumping yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. boys were, were having a good time. Uh, my son was drenched after that, but it's, it's fun to, to even see, see them having so much fun, but yeah, man, uh, exciting times. But again, thanks for being on and we'll make sure that that information is shared and available. Connect with Phil. I want to encourage you. Check out what he's doing. And uh, again, we'll, we'll look forward on the next Vision for the Valley episode.